And welcome once again. This is What's the Story here on ThePeopleChronicles.com. And I hope you've liked us on Facebook and you're following us on YouTube because there's wonderful, wonderful stories in every vein of interest right there on our YouTube channel. With me today for What's the Story is Catherine Mahoney. And Catherine, it is an absolute pleasure to meet you. You too. Thank you for having me. It is my pleasure. I've read the book first. Awesome. And, and the book here is Prior Restraints. And... I have to be really honest with you. I picked up that book, and I thought, all right, let me see what this is about. And I couldn't put it back down until I read every single poem in the book. Awesome. I love to hear that. (laughs) It's a good thing. I kid you not. And and it went to the point where I was reading out loud inside my head. Okay. And then I came in and I said, Tony, please let me record some of these, because once I did it, I had to somehow let them out. There's despair. There's anguish. There's... A, a crying out anxiety where did this come from this came from all of my experiences the desperation which eventually through a lot of help with program and a support group led to um, a message of hope and I wanted to really get through all that pain to get through that message of hope but it went through all my experiences with mental illness and heroin addiction and just the dirty grimy stuff that I've been through and I kind of purged it out on paper can we talk about those two things mental illness and heroin addiction yes heroin addiction in my memory uh, became pretty prevalent late 60s early 70s mm-hmm. and it became a huge problem and the huge problem was boy, this is hard to beat. This is killing people and taking their lives. And it doesn't seem to have eased. It seems to have gotten bigger. Well, right now, one of the biggest issues is that it's so cheap. And with the prescription drug problem that's going on right now, once people get hooked on that and that runs out, they'll go to the cheaper form of it. And it's so readily available. And it used to be an urban problem. And now it's seeping into like the rural communities and more people are starting to take notice. And since the potency is so much higher, um, the stigma of the needle is disappearing because now people can snort it and get the same effect. So kids uh-huh. are getting involved because that stigma is not How there. How old were you when you got involved? I was 12 when I started drinking, mm-hmm. which led to, it progressively got worse, mm-hmm. uh, marijuana, stimulants and then eventually heroin at 12 years old you know you mentioned mental illness was did the mental illness precede the use or was it aggravated by the use my mom passed away when I was 12 and that led to depression and eventually I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and borderline personality disorder so it kind of my first drink was the night after my mom's funeral Mm. and then it kind of just stemmed from that you know so it kind of was just a snowball effect I guess and I suppose at any time in any of our lives, those circumstances could happen. Exactly. You, you wrote one poem in there that really struck me, and it, it's about, you know, you're, you're looking, you just want to be validated as a human being. Exactly. And you talk about the people that walk by and don't really look at you, and you note in your poem that you know they're not looking for fear that that would be me. Exactly, because it could be anybody. This addiction doesn't discriminate. Mm -hmm. Race, age, gender, it doesn't matter who you are. You can be an addict. You can be addicted just like that. It happens that quickly, and once you're hooked, without intervention, it's almost impossible to stop. And without help, it it can be a fatal disease. So that's the scariest part about it. That is very, very scary. But you beat it. 
incredibly Unlocking. beautifully. <laughs> Thank I mean, you. this this book is remarkable, and um, I can only imagine it's going to resonate with anybody who has suffered it themselves or maybe a family member. How are you using the book for, was it a healing? Was it cathartic for you? It was cathartic for me, definitely. Like I said, it was kind of like a bleeding out on paper. I know that sounds kind of dramatic, but it was kind of like purging or exercising my own demons in a way. And then I found that I used to write in rehabs Mm -hmm. and because I didn't really like to talk very much to people. So Mm -hmm. I wrote in poetry and that's how I shared my experience with therapists and stuff. And they're like, you know, maybe you should share this in group. And I found that it affected some people, you know? So over the years, I'm like, you know what? Maybe if I share my pain, it could help someone else. So that was my point with this book. You're very gifted. Thank you. Not everybody could write so beautifully. I appreciate it. And and it's interesting because I'm saying beautifully and and they're words of pain and and heartbreak and you made them somehow beautiful. Thank you. Do you want to share one? Sure. I'll actually share now that we're talking about it. Um dope dopamine and the discarded. Um I will read that one. Dope dopamine and the discarded. An ice-cold pinch disguised as a warm embrace. A forked wax-paper tongue contains a powdered point of no return. Wandering behind tainted enemy lines where fallen fallen soldiers grow in exponential powers. Contaminated waters seep under the pavement of gated cities, invading the cracks and fractures and drainage systems comprised of crimson arteries. Because unless... We are submerged in our own toxic rivers. We ignore those who are drowning. She sits alone, counting her pills. She waits alone for some semblance of normalcy, something that is unattainable, and she knows it. Teetering on an edge so sharp it could slice through all logic and reason. Her moods pitch and heave like the inconsistent currents of a turbulent ocean, eroding her sanity, which eats crashing wave. She is a reassembled reflection, shards of mirrored puzzle pieces, fragmented and jagged. She is flesh, bone, and soul. Her scars, composed of hardened tissue, reopen for all to see. I have rested my head upon a sewer grate. I have seen you, you who could not see me, you who would not see me, for fear that it could be you. I have felt the bitterness in the city air, tasted its cruelty on my tongue, as others hurried by, eyes fixed, to reach the warmth of their beds. Beds that were not discarded cardboard, beds that were not constructed out of desperation. Cardboard condominiums that climb past the multi-million dollar skyscrapers and barely scrape the surface of the severity of the situation. A single smile or kind word would have filled my belly for a week filled my heart with hope, hope that I too could be validated as human. That's profound. Thank you. But for the grace of God, there go I. Exactly. I think, you know, one of the messages, when you wrote that, were you thinking, I could help somebody else with this? I can prevent it? I can help them out? At that point, yes. Yeah? Yeah. Um, I had written a version of this book, which wasn't that wonderful, um, before I started college. (laughs) Only one of those poems remain in here. Um, Really? Yeah. I was like, you know what, let me go back to school and maybe learn how to edit and write a little better. And thank God I didn't release the first copy. (laughs) Thank God. But the creative writing program at Reading Area Community College is amazing. And I I really contribute a lot of my writing skills to them. Um, But after a while, I decided, um, 
it's not just about therapeutic for me, but let me keep in mind, like, what can actually help someone else? What could other people relate to? Mm -hmm. And I started writing from that place with the later poems like that one. And is that how you're using the book now? Where are you going with this book to help people? Um, right now, actually, there's two versions of the book. Mm -hmm. um, and this one is a picture that is triggering. So we removed that picture. And we have another copy that um, we're donating to any correctional facility or rehabilitation center who wants it for their patients. And the proceeds from this book, which is on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, go to fund making those books that don't have that picture. So it's kind of like a censored version, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what we're doing right now. Actually, right now, 13 copies are in Brooks County Prison on their Excellent. units. The so. pictures that you reference, they're real pictures. They're real. Tammy Dixon is an awesome photographer. Um, we actually had to go on a ghost tour at Pennhurst Asylum to get those uh, pictures. Which, I mean, you say ghost tour, but people were at Pennhurst Asylum. They lived uh, in those course. conditions. My, my first poem in here, Immobilized, is a little bit about um, before people were aware about mental illness and treatments that were used before mm -hmm. medical mm -hmm. advancements and then... It kind of moves into my experiences and stuff like that. But, yeah, there was a lot of misunderstanding. Some of that is horrific. It is. It's horrible. Truly, in terms of how we treated um, addictions and mental, mental illness. Mm -hmm. um, so you've broken some barriers and you've, you've um, shattered some perceptions or maybe brought some perceptions to reality and said this isn't how to do it. Yeah. Almost unwittingly. Have you, do you know, um, you... I have to say, I know, and I qualify that, you've had to have provided hope to somebody else who's struggling from heroin addiction to say, look, she did it. You did that, it. What you did is remarkable, and you, you just your presence has to be hope. That, that's my biggest message. Not only can you recover from addiction and can you have a mental illness, you can be successful, and you can take what you've done and help other people with it. It's like a cycle. It just mm -hmm. keeps revolving, and maybe that person can help someone else. I'm going to just go down the line. So your story is you broke the addiction, and you went back to college. Yes, I did. That is remarkable. It's a, yes. it's a beautiful story, and it is one of hope. And there's the beauty in it, because the, the uh, poetry, you can, feel, you can feel the pain. Yeah, I Literally. think there is a great therapeutic value in writing. I really do. I'm actually, I'm trying right now, it's in the works of proposing um, a creative writing program to correctional facilities. We sent out about 16 proposals right now, but it's in the works and we'll see what happens. That's, that's my goal right now, what I want to do, because I'm going for my bachelor's degree in professional writing right now at Christian University. Thank you. And I want to bring creative writing into the correctional system. Using it as another tool. As a tool. For recovery. Exactly. Because it worked for you. Yeah, um, actually, uh, a male inmate um, read my book, and he was inspired to write his own poem. And um, the mental health counselor just sent me the poem, and uh, it was just awesome. Like, that's why I do this. You're making a difference. That's why I do You're it. You're providing hope. Yeah. You are successful, and it is a pleasure to meet you. Thanks it's for joining us on What's you. the Story. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Um, I just had an awesome experience on the People Chronicle sharing my story. These wonderful people um, allowed me to come here and share with you some of my experience, strength, and hope. And I think anyone else who has a desire to share should definitely go on Facebook, like them, look into it, and see about coming on and sharing whatever they want to share.